Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. This show was previously recorded. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, Farm Bureau, our buddy Ryan Brown joins us from the next round. Nextroundlive.com. You can go there and uh, you can listen to their show. You can check it out on a daily basis based in Alabama, but to cover the entire SEC. Ryan, what's up, man? Richard, I'm doing pretty good. How are you today? Good. Always appreciate a few minutes of your time. This is normally the uh, the time of year where I would give you a hard time about you guys not caring about SEC baseball and the SEC baseball tournament. But we find ourselves in Mississippi this week, not in uh, in your neck of the woods in Hoover. You know what's funny? Uh, when we started the interview, I literally was thinking, I wonder if Richard's calling me from over at the uh, Met. And then I thought, oh, yeah, no, he would not be at the Hoover Map for any reason right now. No, not this year. We uh, we debated a bit, and we thought, okay, it really doesn't make sense for us to go to the baseball tournament this year with uh, both Ole Miss and Mississippi State at home. So, uh, yeah, not this year. Hopefully uh, we'll be back next season. Are, are people kind of locked in because both Alabama and Auburn are playing really good baseball right now? Well, they are. I mean, nobody's hotter in the SEC than what Auburn is. They've been incredible over the last basically three series, last ten games or so, uh, just playing really, really good baseball, some of the best in the nation. And, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever know the depth of the story with Brad Bohannon. I don't know if we'll ever know the true Hollywood story, the whole thing. But, I mean, it's hard not to say that once they had a coach that wasn't working against them, this is actually a pretty good baseball team. Like, I don't know that that's it, if it's just coincidental timing, but it does make you wonder, was he actively trying to sabotage the team? I mean, there's, there's I mean, look, I'm not going to say there's nothing else that makes sense, because other things do make sense, but it is certainly a viable conclusion that you could, you could jump to, that Bravo Hannon was trying to sabotage his own team. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Like, initially I would have told you, nah, I don't know, man. But, I mean, given the fact that we are now three and a half weeks or so removed from, from this story kind of breaking, and Brad Bohannon has not said anything publicly, Brad Bohannon's attorney has not said anything publicly, that just leads me to believe that, man, they are laying as low as they can possibly lay. Or lie. I mean, would it? Yeah, wouldn't you think if this were just all a misunderstanding, if this were all just, hey, bad timing, if this were, it's not what it looks like. If you're his attorney, 
I mean, this is this guy's livelihood. This is his career. Trying to get in front of and and be declaring his innocence. And like you said, you've heard absolutely nothing. I mean, it is it is as quiet as it could possibly be. Yeah, it really is an incredible story. And I mean, I've, I've talked to people, and I guess some of this reporting is out there. I mean, when when his name shows up on the caller ID and it's on footage at the sports book, and they have the 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 person who's taking the bet confirming what he's hearing in terms of audio because it's on speakerphone. I don't know what defense there is. It's it yeah, really a, is yeah. a crazy story. Yeah, I mean, your only defense would be, hey, one-time deal, screwed up, never again. But, again, I mean, if that were even the case, if I'm his attorney, I'm out there screaming that, and you're getting nothing. So it, it is very odd, but, you know, the net effect is all of a sudden the, his old team is just playing really, really good baseball. And, I mean, you know, it can be dangerous trying to make 2-2 two two equal 4 sometimes, but, boy, 2-2 two two seems to equal 4 here. Yeah, it really does. Hey, I want to I want to hit quarterbacks at both Auburn and Alabama for a second. I know that's a, a big topic of conversation and is going to be throughout the summer for you guys. So you got Robbie Ashford at Auburn, and you know, kind of rocking along. You're like, well, I guess maybe it's going to be Robbie Ashford, and then Auburn finally, finally is able to get a transfer quarterback to say yes. Peyton Thorne coming in from Michigan State. Do you anticipate that Peyton Thorne is going to end up as the starter at Auburn? Does Robbie Ashford have a lead at this point? But where are we headed with the Auburn quarterback situation? Um, I do think it's going to be Peyton Thorne. I, I just, you know, Robbie Ashford had a skill set that I think, you know, given time, Hugh Freeze could probably take advantage of. But I think Hugh Freeze looked at the 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 entire roster really at Auburn, not just the quarterback room, but looked at the entire roster and had to think, man, this, this roster is not good. And it wasn't. And some of that, you know, a lot of people love just pinning all of that on Brian Harson. And certainly there is some, you know, uh, validity to that. And he's got a lot of blame in this. But Gus Malzahn does too. Gus Malzahn had not recruited hard. He had let that, uh, let that roster slip a little bit. So, you know, I think when you're, when you're, Hugh Freeze, and you look at it, you say, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta inject some life into this right away. I can't take on a project quarterback." So he hit the portal, and it's not as if Peyton Thorne, you know, I don't think anybody thinks he's coming in, you know, to be Joe Montana. But I think people think it's an obvious upgrade, especially in the passing game, over Robbie Ashford, who at very best was an inaccurate passer, really, really good with his legs, but just not a very accurate passer at all. Yeah. Ryan, I feel like the the public message that Hugh Freeze has given over and over and over is we're better than we were when we started the spring, but I'm just being honest with you, we've got a long way to go. Is he trying to get Auburn fans to understand that this may take a little while? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I think Auburn fans understand that, though. Excuse me. Sorry, I had to call there. I think Auburn fans understand that. I mean, I don't think it really takes that big of a sales job because they were frustrated with Malzahn the last couple of years. Anybody that paid attention knows Malzahn didn't recruit well. And Brian Harson was about as unpopular an Auburn coach as you could find. So I think Auburn fans really – I don't know how hard Hugh Freeze has to sell that because I think if you told Auburn fans right now, 
seven or eight wins this year, I think they would say, hey, that is a huge step in the right direction. I'll take that, and, you know, we don't have to play a game. Sure, we'd love to beat Georgia or Alabama, but, you know, we, you know seven or eight wins, I get it. So you're not going to find Auburn fans in that, in that position very much where they're willing to accept seven or eight wins. And I think that's where the fan base is right now. I think they understand it. They know enough football, and they've watched the recruiting, and they've watched the product to know that this is an uphill climb. You're one for you, Freeze. So in Tuscaloosa, I think you and I have talked about this. I don't know if I've said this to you specifically or not, but I, I talked to people a couple of years ago that said there are folks within that Alabama program who have been there for a while that think Ty Simpson could very well be the best of all of these quarterbacks in this run of elite quarterback play. And it hasn't really developed that way yet, at least not to the point where he could generate any separation in spring. We saw Jalen Milrow. He's clearly limited in the passing game. And then they bring Tyler Buckner in, who is good quarterback. I don't know if we're talking great quarterback. What is – I mean – Obviously a competition, but regardless of which of those three play, is the offense going to look different this year significantly for Alabama? I mean, I think it will, yeah. I don't, I don't think you're going to get the same um, – I don't think you're going to get the same offense that you got under Bill O'Brien by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and, in fact, Alabama fans would be thrilled to hear that because they didn't really like the Bill O'Brien offense, which is weird. Because that offense won an SEC championship, played for a national championship, and then in the year it did not do that, it produced a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. So I think, you know, I mean, it, it, I think it strikes a lot of people as odd when you say Alabama fans are ready to move on from that. But the truth is, it was just an offense where Alabama fans, by and large, thought that, you know, there was a lot of throw a bunch of crap against the wall, see what sticks. And if you get in a whole lot of trouble, Bryce Young's good enough to bail you out. And frankly, that's what happened a lot is, is Alabama got in a lot of trouble. Bryce Young had to bail him out a lot. So I think Alabama fans are ready to move on from that. Now, I will say this on Simpson. I had heard Alabama was high on him. I had not heard it quite as high as you had that, you know, maybe the best in this run. But I do think they very much liked Ty Simpson and thought he was going to win that job. And I am a little bit surprised he has not at this point, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that. You know, that, that, that Tommy Reese and Nick Saban were even looking in the transfer portal because you don't need depth. You got, you already had four guys in there. If somebody had really taken hold of that starting job, I, I, I don't think Tyler Buckner's ever in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. But when you bring Tyler Buckner in and his former offensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator, that says to me that they expect him to be the starter, right? I mean, yeah, it's hard to think anything else, especially again when you had four quarterbacks, two freshmen, a guy that's got a little bit of experience and a guy that seemed to be the heir apparent, and they're all in that room, you didn't need depth. I mean, I, like if they had two quarterbacks, if it were just Milrow and Simpson, that was it, and they go out and get Buckner, I could see, okay, well, you know, you do need some depth. You can't get down to one scholarship quarterback on an injury. Um, but that was not the situation. I mean, you had four guys in there, four scholarship guys that you recruited to the position in there, and it just yeah. – it doesn't make any sense other than you think you might need some help in that position. Nick Saban's going to love all the quarterback questions at Media Days in Nashville. That's going to be fun. Yep, he's already getting them. He got some at his tournament yesterday, and he's patiently answering them right now. Uh, we'll see if that carries over to uh, late July. Ryan, thanks for your time this afternoon. Always good to catch up. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right, boys, y'all take care. Ryan Brown from the next round.
joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We are back with you right after this. This show was previously recorded. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. some people on the interwebs that are having fun with Lane Kiffin. Looked like Lane Kiffin was having fun himself over the weekend. Where, where do we go? We go to this to uh, Outkick for this story. Yeah, so pictures have been floating around for a while, but the video of Lane Kiffin pretending to shred a guitar in a poison shirt was uh, exclusively sent to Trey Wallace at Outkick. So. That's where I saw it. Hmm. I saw them getting ready for the party on Sunday afternoon, I believe it was, uh, on the golf course. Um, There were lots of delivery trucks that were bringing in various items you need for a party, I suppose. And there looked like there was a catering van that was out there. And I heard a sound check uh, kind of easing its way through the uh, the trees and making its way around the uh, the golf course on Sunday afternoon. So can, can confirm they were preparing for a party. That's as, as far as I can go. So so tell me more. Um, so the article actually had some serious stuff that I think we need to talk about. More quotes, more Auburn, but different angle this time. Uh, but it was centered around the fact that he was – Changed clothes three times during this party, and (laughs) that's what he said. And there's two different pictures, and he's wearing two different sets of clothes. So, you know. What? 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 I I don't know. But the the premise was, (laughs) essentially, that Lane Kiffin of old may not have done that, and that he decided to grab a guitar and play with a cover band. Again, play is being very loosely used there, Um, rocking a poison shirt and and doing it because his daughter asked. And then they spun that into one of the main reasons why he was contemplating going to Auburn. He chose not to was because his daughter asked him not to. That she built a life in Mississippi, specifically in Oxford. She built a friend group. This is all in the article, by the way. I'm not revealing family information that was not said publicly. I feel like that would be inappropriate otherwise, but she built a a friend group and built a life in Oxford and is going to Ole Miss with that group and didn't want that to get blown up and asked her dad not to, and we said, okay, I'm not going to Auburn. believe that. And in previous articles, he's mentioned other things as well, so that's worth noting because I got to... At least one text from an angry Ole Miss fan. Why would he say that it was just because of his daughter? And I was like, well, did you read the other ones? Because that's that's not all. That's just the premise of this one. It's different. But that was the catalyst, at least according to this. Look, 
you can kind of believe whatever you want to about Lane Kiffin. You you can believe that he is who he was a decade ago when he was running around in Tuscaloosa and the Joey Freshwater stuff started. You can you just kind of believe whatever you want to about him. I don't think he cares, generally speaking, what people believe. But I will tell you that he's a different guy than he was when he got to Oxford. He has changed his lifestyle habits. He has absolutely changed his exercise habits. And if you don't believe that, just look at the pictures. Go look at the picture from him on the sideline at the Outback Bowl at the end of his first season and look at a recent picture from him, and you can tell that he has changed his his exercise habits. Yeah, like, that poison T-shirt would not fit on Outback Bowl Lane Kiffin. No. No shot. I feel him. I feel that. He he has changed his spiritual habits as well. And that can be, you know, interesting to you or not interesting to you. I I understand that that doesn't matter to a lot of people. And there are a lot of people that are quick to say, well, you can't talk about being a Christian or having a spiritual life and then say things or do whatever. Everybody's flawed, right? And we're all works in progress to some degree. But that's different than it was when he got to Oxford three years ago. Lane Kiffin is a different person than he was. Still a good football coach, still a great offensive mind. Still thinks a lot of stuff in college football is dumb. Still probably prefers the ocean in Southern California to the hills of North Mississippi. think those things are true. Doesn't mean he likes it or doesn't like it here or anything else. But the family piece is, I mean, you, you got to realize, this is a guy that lived away from his children for the better part of six years, seven years. Not to say that he didn't see them, and he didn't go back and forth to the West Coast, and they didn't come to him some. But what, his oldest daughter's graduating high school right now, and how long has he been at Ole Miss? Start of his fourth year. This will be year four. And there were two years at FAU before that. Three years at FAU. Three? He was there for three. All right, so that's seven. So you go back to, I mean, basically a decade in between being with his kids on a full-time basis and now. And I don't know if it's all that far-fetched to say his daughter living with him is kind of after not having that for a decade, maybe has really changed his perspective. You would think. I would think. Again, everybody's unique and everybody's situation is different and whatever. And like, like, I mean, what you said a second ago, people were, why did he say that that was the only, who cares? Doesn't matter. It's his reason. It doesn't have to be your reason. But that's also not the only one that was given. It, the, the, those people, and I don't know how many there are. I, I know there's at least one because he texted me earlier. But that, that he also said to ESPN that Auburn is not the same as it was or, or the discrepancy between Auburn and Ole Miss is not the same as it was 10 years ago. And so if it was 10 years ago, nobody could have told him you're not going. He's still going. So that that's still part of the equation also. Remember he leaked to Chris Lowe about the NIL situation? Ole Miss tra- changed that rather dramatically. So it's that's not the only reason. 
But I feel like if, as a parent, you are making decisions for the benefit of your children, and you're look, or, or if you see somebody making a decision for the benefit of their children, and you're looking at that negatively, that's a you problem. That's not the decision maker's problem. No. And the other thing that I would say is, don't get too wrapped up in the reasons that Lane Kiffin has chosen to stay at Ole Miss. If you're an Ole Miss fan as well. Because that could change in nine months. Or or not even, yeah, nine months, seven months. I mean, if, if Ole Miss has a successful year and there's a really big college job that comes available that offers him a ridiculous amount of money that might be an easier spot to win, he'll go through it all over again. As much as, I mean, like how many times have we said, Borky, you, you've, you've said it a million times, I mean, he needs to have an offseason that's not like the last couple of offseasons that he's had if he's going to get the Ole Miss fan base back on board. And I think just about everybody agrees with that. But let's say that this Ole Miss team is, is pretty good, somewhere between 8-4 and four and 10-2. and two. And whether it's Texas A&M or whatever, I mean, you, you pick the job. If a big-time traditional power college football program is interested in Lane Kiffin or an NFL team is interested in Lane Kiffin, then unfortunately you'll have to go through the same process all over again next year. I think it depends on who. If it's an NFL team, I don't know. I'm sure there are some. Every Ole Miss fan I know would be totally like, yeah, I get it. It's the NFL. It's better. Totally. I think part of the issue last year was the way it was handled. That's an issue. It's got to be handled better when it happens again. But also, it was Auburn. You know what I mean? It being Auburn really uh, bothered people. Because Ole Miss has closed the gap with Auburn. Or Auburn has fallen back to Ole Miss, whichever whichever one you want to describe. Financially, recent success even. The, the gap between those two, and you can loop Mississippi State in as well. I, I don't think Auburn's this far and away better program than than Ole Miss anymore. The, the results bear that out. The, the, the play on the field, the recent history, college football playoff era tells you that there's really not that much of a difference anymore. That's what bothered people so bad, I think. How it was handled, but also that it was Auburn. Like, really, Auburn? You're doing this for Auburn? Yeah. Do it for Texas. You can get Texas. You can get the Carolina Panthers, but Auburn? Uh. And we'll see. Look, I mean, the bottom line is because of what Ole Miss has done for Lane Kiffin in, in, in terms of salary and assistance and support and whatever else he's asked for and NIL and all those things, the number of places that are even a possibility has gotten really, really small. Yeah. But we'll see. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. More coming up after this. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Supertalk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Supertalk Mississippi station.
Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios on this Wednesday afternoon. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them online at PearlRiverResort.com to learn more. Ceasefire text line is always open to you, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Looking forward to Grumpy Saban. Oh, yeah. It's going to be no fun. Doubt. No doubt. Guys, a story that we didn't talk about last week. It was part of a Friday news dump. Hey, Dad, you and I were, uh, we, we referenced this, and we kind of raised our eyebrows, and then we both looked at each other and we went, ooh, scandal. And then you read, uh, we're talking about the the resignation, the abrupt and immediate resignation of Mike Bone as athletics director at Southern Cal. And then you read his statement, and it cited the growth of the USC Athletics Department and his tenure and thankful for the things that have gone well and ready to spend more time with his family and stepping down for health concerns to focus on, you know, all, all the stuff. You're like, oh. But still, the immediacy of this is odd. And then, late Friday night into Saturday morning, you get a story from the L.A. Times that included a statement from the USC president in which she did not reference any health issues, and she did reference an investigation by a law firm into some of the practices that were going on within the department. And then there's another layer to the story where you got folks at Cincinnati where he previously worked talked about inappropriate behavior. I mean, it didn't seem like overly scandalous, but like hugging women in the athletics department or putting his arm around women in the athletics department who were uncomfortable or making remarks that were considered to be inappropriate or uncomfortable. And we know that while there was a time in history, and not too distant history, where that would be acceptable and people wouldn't have an issue with that, that is not the time that we are currently in. In corporate America, in academia, that's just not where we are anymore. And so he was pushed out, or told to resign, or whatever. That's kind of what we're led to believe in all of this. But it leaves an opening at one of the most high-profile athletics departments in college athletics as they are making a transition away from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten with a high-profile football coach, a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, just getting the news that Bronny James is coming to play in the basketball program, a basketball team that just made it to the NCAA tournament, a women's basketball team that's tri- Like, there's a lot of good that's going on at Southern Cal Athletics after a pretty tumultuous decade for that department, and it seemed to stabilize under Mike Bone. So, who's going to replace Mike Bone as the AD? Ross Bjork. Hold huh. that thought. Makes oh, sense. That, that. Normally it's Haydad that's the punchline killer. 
This is what you do. You ask questions that aren't rhetorical, and then you get mad when someone answers them. Just, it was a, just keep talking. There was a pregnant pause just to set it up. I was just going to read this to you from Pete uh, Stewie Mandel's mailbag at The Athletic, where he was asked about that position. And he says his first call would be to AD Jennifer Cohen, Jen Cohen at Washington, who has a really good reputation. She would obviously bring West Coast familiarity. It's more important to have someone with Big Ten or SEC experience. There's Washington's Pat Chun, who spent 15 years at Ohio State. Texas A&M's Ross Bjork, who spent five years at UCLA, or Pittsburgh's Heather Like, who spent 15 years at Ohio State. I mean, what on earth? Who does he have pictures of? I mean, he's blackmailing people, or his agent. Who's his agent? Is it Jimmy? Because everybody's agent's Jimmy Sexton. So is that his agent, too? I don't know if he has an agent or not. There's got to be something that he's got, like a secret weapon in in interview settings. And he just lays that card down, and he gets hired. I mean, is he is he threatening the the wife and children of the person interviewing him? I mean, well, what is it that keeps him falling upwards, going from what he did at Ole Miss and how that ended? And by the way, the stadium upgrade looks great. Good job rushing that one. And then he falls up to Texas A and M, and then gives Jimbo a contract extension after losing games in August. With a $1.5 million a year raise attached to it. And then you fall up to Southern Cal with Lincoln Riley as your football coach currently. He's got to be threatening the families. Got to be. Yesterday yesterday was the anniversary of that decision to go to to, uh, Texas A&M. How do you know that? Uh, because it was on the, I, I tweeted last night that it was also the anniversary of that stupid baseball game between State and LSU at the SEC tournament when we talked about a little bit yesterday that went 17 innings, uh, and that was the same day. Oh, good memory. So I was going through my old tweets, and I, hmm. I found that, and I, and I found that I had commented on Bjork going to uh, tell, tell a funny I story. pretty vividly that, remember uh, that night, actually, because... yeah. Frankly, there were some conversations going on about the future of the baseball program and Mike Bianco's future yes. and what Ross Bjork yes. might be thinking about that. And then all of a sudden, that came to a screeching halt with the yeah. leaked news that he was leaving Ole Miss to take the Texas A&M job. Wow. There was a lot of that, talk. That's got to be more than two years going... ago. No, it was 2019. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. four years ago. So. I remember. You, you just uh, said the anniversary texting. of. You didn't say the two. I thought you said the two year anniversary I of. Yeah, my no, bad. I didn't. Yeah, I just, I just remember. I'll, I guess I can say his name. You know, I remember texting Brian Scott Rippey. And I was like, I knew, I knew he was at a bar having a, having a beer with some friends. And I was like, you're gonna have to go to work. And he's like, why? I said Bjork just got the Texas A and M job, and he sent me back a one word response. I won't say that word on the air because that will get us in trouble with the FCC. You can guess it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I walked in the hotel room at 5 in the morning, he was like, what? Yeah. It was, uh, that was crazy. Yeah. 
Borky, so so your question, why, how, why, what, I, I don't know other than he has to be respected within the industry, like the college but sports why, administration. I, well, I mean, it makes me wonder if people are paying attention. And look, I, I don't dislike Ross Bjork. I, like, he and I had a fine relationship, and I see him now. We speak and cordial and you know, make small talk that amounts to nothing and then both go on about our days. But it it is it because of the people who have worked under him that have gone on like he has a athletics administration tree? Does he? I, I, well, I th- I think this texture actually has got it nailed. This is probably the most likely explanation. That Ross has Jesus on tape committing a sin. Hmm. In a manner of speaking. Oh man, it's crazy though. I, I mean, good for him, I guess. But I mean, ask any Ole Miss fan: Are you better off? What is their answer? Clearly, no. Wait. What? Oh, I thought you meant better off him being gone. No, uh, yeah, are you, are you better off with That's still yes. Yes. But now that Ross Bjork is gone, are you better off as a department? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Clearly. Yeah. Sure. Many Sorry. times over. I, I That's was... going to be a funny clip though. I, I might DM that to Keith. Hey. <laughs> Richard thinks this is you what, suck. Look what Richard thinks of you. <laughs> he also thought it was Tuesday. <laughs> Maybe I just need to take the rest of the week off. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, yeah, he's out. I mean, that guy goes that to Texas Mike. A&M, and every old Miss fan on the planet's like, oh, thank God. And then you see the job that Keith Carter's doing, and it's like, really? Like, yes. Everything is going better than it did before. I, I still think... It's Tuesday? No, I don't think that anymore. The, the failure of leadership during the NCAA process. And, and look, maybe maybe Ross had to wear that because of direction that he was getting from his boss. I, I don't know. But at some point, you got to be a good enough persuader of people to tell your boss that the way we're doing this is a terrible idea. This show was previously recorded. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. (laughs) On Super Talk Mississippi. I feel like I left you hanging on the end of that story. $250 disorderly conduct fine. Yeah. And he was given a trench coat on the sideline to cover himself. It was a trench coat that belonged to the chancellor of the university. (laughs) Handed it off. Nice. (laughs) 
That's pretty good. You can uh, keep that, son. I don't need that back. I'll go uh, buy another one. Yeah, I think I'll get another. So, uh, $250 fine and released on a disorderly conduct charge. So, there you go. Small price to pay to become a legend. I sent you the picture. He didn't yes, halfway do it. Yes. No, he was not. He was not fully in the not buff. Even all the way. No, but, uh, but you can't be that. I mean, guess you could. It's technically not indecent exposure if you're not exposed. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Oh, oh, oh! I have, I have no, an update. Whatever it is, I'm not going to do it. I have oh, an update. Yeah. Hey, Dad, I have an update to a story right. that I told on the uh, the radio. This here radio, this this microphone a couple of weeks ago. You remember the story? Oh, well, uh, this. Uh, some random dork. That story? <laughs> yes. The the water balloon yes. story? Yes. Let me text Tom I Hart have, to, to listen I have discovered who the thrower of the water balloon was. Oh, the the, the lab got back with you? <laughs> they had a whole team of guys working on this thing, right? Uh, Enhanced. No. They were working uh, in shifts. Not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. All right. Well, we don't. We don't. Obviously, we're not going to dox him here on the no, air. But no, you have the information. Yeah, but you have is. the information. All right, I do. They took I the finger. Will and I are going to get in the, the car. Yeah, I'll be there in a couple hours. Will will be there a little bit after me, and we are going to go egg that guy's house tonight. Nah, we're not going to do that. Oh. we're not. We're going to show up at his high school for for career day. Something I don't know. Uh, Come here, kid. That's that's an interesting thought. That is that yeah. is a career day. Like, yeah, let's talk about a job, son. I got yeah. a job for you. Yeah, you got any experience with water balloons? Here, here you go. Oh? This job is this job is in foot removal. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know exactly what to do with the information other than just hold it. <laughs> Kind of, it's good to have. It's exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good, good to have. Like, okay, I'm glad to. I'm glad to put a name with a license plate. We'll just say it that way. There you uh, go. So yeah, there's your uh, there's your update on should, the water. Balloon should we story. invest in water balloon futures? Is there water balloon revenge in <laughs> Richard nah. Cross's heart? <laughs> nah. Just a young troll soul. Like a, is there, is there, you know, you remember the movie the, when the, in the Predator we had the minigun? Is there one of those that shoots water balloons? Just, I mean, have, just have, you ever used one of those, have you ever used one of those water balloon slingshots? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The kind, you know, where you have to have three people, two of them, like, hold out the arm, and you pull that thing back. I mean, you can yeah, no, exactly send a water balloon. It's more of a trebuchet. It's just, it's just, it's just a, a weapon of, of mass destruction. A trebuchet, you say? That's what they're yeah. called, yeah. I think you just introduced yeah. me to a new word. Is that, does that come from like your video game play? That's like those old. No, that's like those old school catapults. Yeah. And it's to send like yeah, boiling oil awesome. over the wall. Over yeah, the, yeah, over the moat and over the castle wall. Yeah, yeah. An elastic trebuchet. trebuchet. We now used to have a uh, a potato gun. We would shoot. You ever had a potato oh. gun? Yeah. I don't think it's a big thing anymore. No. 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 <laughs> Neither are firework wars, I don't think, anymore, you know. But as speaking as someone who's had a Roman candle whiz by his ear a couple of times, you know, those were big Ooh. things back in the day. You you didn't go bottle yeah. rocket wars, you guys would shoot Roman candles at each other? Oh no. 
Everybody else was shooting bottle rockets, but one guy decided to get fancy with it. No. I started hearing that thing sizzle as it no. went past. I was like, what are you doing? I turned around, he had a Roman candle, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's, he's probably listening right now. He's a lawyer now. You're like, that's not how this game works. I was like, I, I, was like, I didn't sign up for this, all right? Hmm. It's like bringing a nuclear weapon to the Battle of Hastings. What are we doing here? Jeff in Grenada says he's 52, and he had never heard that word before. I, I'm with you. Trebuchet. Trebuchet was new. I like, I, I like learning a new word. That's great. I had a friend tell me today that she learned a new word from my podcast. I used the word effusive. She had, she had never heard effusive before. Yeah, I know that one. So I'm, like I'm just helping you all out is basically what I'm doing. So he says, where did someone throw a water balloon at Richard? Oh, <laughs> uh, you missed the story. Uh, yeah, I was, it was a Sunday afternoon, and I was driving down Jackson Avenue, made a left-hand turn out of, like, where Home Depot is, and was headed home after just picking up something that I needed that afternoon. And all of a sudden, this random water balloon comes flying <laughs> from about an $80,000 truck sitting on the road, and I hear, like, this cackling as it... <laughs> Hits the like I got the window down and it explodes against the side of my truck. It's like right at the top of the window frame and just like right into my head. <laughs> True thing. But now I know who threw it, or at least I know whose truck it was. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back with you right after this. This show was previously recorded. Hey, Dad, got Will East in for Michael Borky. Glad to be with you. We got some things that we've got to talk about from the ceasefire text line that I think are going to make us laugh. We'll do that in just a minute. Ceasefire text line is open to you as well. 601 879 4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire Country. Learn more online at ceasefire.com slash business. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the uh, the home of live entertainment. Go to the Pearl River Resort webpage, click on the events tab, and you can see the uh, the live events that are coming up at uh, at Silver Star Convention Hall this uh, this spring and summer. you got Sawyer Brown getting close, Jeff Foxworthy coming up, and uh, Fluffy. Fluffy Iglesias, Gabriel Iglesias, a little bit later this summer, which led to a great bit yesterday from Will East, but we'll just let that lie for right now. I mean, we'll, we'll play it the, again. You know? we'll, we'll get to the college football fix in a minute, but first, to the ceasefire text line we go. Keith in Water Valley. Hey, now, this is almost creepy. We had two messages that came in within four minutes of each other Keith in Water Valley says, Firework wars weren't a war unless the 50-count Saturn missile pack was used. (laughs) Also, goodness, right before that, I once shot a 25-shot Saturn missile at someone in a fireworks war. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, goodness. This guy was just mean growing up. He said, I also trapped a guy in a shallow hole with plywood over it and threw in a smoke bomb. <laughs> said he coughed blue smoke for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, where, where did he learn these? In, in Vietnam? We do not recommend you trying <laughs> this he, at home. Where did he learn to do that? His dad must have been a, must have been a ranger or a green beret or something. <laughs> like, son, let me show you some tricks of the trade. The What's your name, Bob us, Rambo? The person who asked us about the water balloon story said, well, that's funny. Hopefully it was a prank from a friend. I said, no, it was completely random. He said, well, karma will get them if you don't. <laughs> Trapped um, a guy in a hole. <laughs> Put plywood over it. Fire in the hole! I'm the only one in the hole, yeah. Uh, he, ah! caught, he caught blue smoke for 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes! Jeez, that's a great story. Um, <laughs> he right. trapped him. How did he trap him? Richard should watch the Pumpkin Catapult show on the History Channel. The trebuchet was uh, used on a big time. Oh, man, people you're gonna are have mean to, to each other. I'm going to gonna filter to, some of these out because it's probably a war crime in here somewhere. <laughs> perhaps this one. Oh, hey, Dad would be a great target here. <laughs> Jeez. We, we used to shoot bottle rockets at each other in my house in college. <laughs> we would wait for someone to be sitting on the toilet doing their business, and then we'd shoot bottle rockets <laughs> under the door. <laughs> oh, man. It's like a violation of the well, Hague Convention or something. <laughs> <laughs> if I can somehow get a key to Haydad's hotel room at SEC Media Days. Oh, oh my God. Like, I'm going I'm to tell the front desk, like, anybody asks for a key, no go. Mm. Unless it's me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, me. <laughs> what you do is you catch might have people to sitting add... around a bonfire. I got one here. What you do is you catch people sitting around a bonfire, then throw a hundred pack in the fire and haul butt. <laughs> Can you imagine? Pop, 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 Oh, my gosh. Imagine, imagine you're sitting by the bonfire with your girlfriend. You think, oh, do I make a move here? Is this the time? And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the it's like the battle of the bulge out there. I get a text message. The Russians are coming. To, what about this? Somebody says you've got to break the stick off before you toss it under the door. Is that so it'll just, like, shoot around in circles in the room? Hmm. Uh Oh, how about this? How about this? I was definitely hit with a bottle rocket while sitting on the toilet from underneath the door. I wonder who it was that just texted that in. Uh, one firework battle ended with a million-to-one shot. Bottle rocket threw lattice work into the box full of the other team's fireworks. <laughs> I would pay money if that was on video. I would love to watch that. <laughs> Three the lattice. Can you imagine work. like what a shot. Yeah, you, you know that and sniped them. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Somebody says if you take the stick off, it will bounce around. <laughs> like Somebody a with experience. <laughs> Oh, goodness. 
I actually got a text message. My friend will remain nameless. He says he said you got to break the stick before shooting. He said it wasn't really a firewalk war, uh, firework war, unless you had the red tip Whistler bottle rockets. Yeah. Oh, I had to hear that. <laughs> you had to hear that noise. Yeah. That's how you knew to duck. <laughs> Roll. Get on the ground. Do something. Okay, we have we have gone fully into the pranks I pulled in high school mode. Stink bait. In a tube sock, under a car driver's seat, it beats a bottle rocket war anytime. Well, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> Somebody put a piece of fish in my football helmet once. Oh. Overnight? I didn't notice it day Yeah, I didn't notice it day one. And then day two, I was like, what is that? And then I pulled out the padding. I was like, oh, come on. Wait, you went an entire practice with the fish still in your football helmet? It wasn't a whole fish. It was like a chunk of fish, like enough that they could wedge it in there. And I guess I didn't notice it day one when they they put it in. (laughs) But then day two, after it sat in the locker room overnight, I I, I knew it was there. Mm. Oh, goodness. No, no, okay. Somebody says their friend lost their eyes, one exploded in their face. That's that's why you can't have bottle rocket wars anymore, by the way. Yeah. Well, you can, but you, you know, if you get caught, you're in trouble. <laughs> Put chocolate in a football helmet, and when it heats up, the chocolate comes right down. Dang. That's, that's awful. Um, and then there was the fi- so the penny trick with the dorm room door where you could wedge in the penny so that they couldn't open the door. Somebody said you did the penny trick first, and then you started shooting bottle rockets under the door so they couldn't get out. There's <laughs> some mean That's people out there. There are, but funny. I think I've told this story before. So I lived on the 11th floor of Stockard. Twin Towers, paid mm-hmm. at, at Ole Miss right there you see from Jackson Avenue. I know, I know where Stockard is, yeah. The uh, the 11th floor was the uh, was the honors floor, of which I was not involved, but most of the people who lived on that floor did. Um, you remember the, the big laundry carts or trash carts, like the big heavy-duty yeah. plastic with wheels on them, and you could kind of turn them whatever direction? Oh, no. Oh, no. And, and you remember how thick the dorm room doors were? Oh, yeah. Like super thick, heavy duty wood on the dorm room doors. They had the mm-hmm. so there was a Sunday. I, I think it was a Sunday night, and we had some friends that were were, were more studious than we were that um, were in their room studying. Door closed, door locked. I mean, you locked the door just so people didn't randomly come in and mess with you. And so there was one guy <laughs> that got in. Yeah, there was one guy that got in the laundry cart. And then two others that decided from one end of the hallway to the other got a running start, pushed him, and then just let it go. That laundry cart, the corner of it, hit the door dead center, and it split the door from top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Completely split the door. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> the reaction to that was it was beautiful. It had to be something. Goodness gracious. I was told that... Crazy kids. I don't remember this part of the story, but but, um, one of the two guys that was on the receiving end of that tells me that nobody ever owned up to who actually did it, and the entire floor got 
fined to cover the cost of the replacement door. Uh, I think we should get to the college football fix when we come back on Super Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. who paid the ultimate price. Those who fought are part of us, part of our history. No number of wreaths, no amount of music and memorializing will ever do them justice. But it is good for us that we honor them and their sacrifice. Memorial Day. Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Hey guys, what's happening? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. I mean, I know we've got to get to the college football fix, but there's some of these messages that just have to be read. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you that the college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. You can log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough, or you can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Great deals, or some deals to be had, and inventory is finally coming back, so you can find those Ford trucks and SUVs that you're looking for, and, uh, again, your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Um. Hey, Dad, some of these are just... <laughs> I wonder what the statute of limitations on some of these... So so Brad remind me, reminded me um, that the year before his freshman year at Ole Miss, someone on the 11th floor pushed a Coke machine down the elevator shaft. That was not a joke. That was serious. That was a problem. That's rough there, Jesus. That was a bad, bad... That leads you to expulsion from school, I think. And possibly some yeah, jail I think time. So. Yeah. Um, Gibbs says the laundry cart is how they would occasionally... Not he, but some probably would sneak girls in and out of the dorms at Moorhead after hours. Okay? Makes sense. Um... Will from Ocean Springs says that uh, it's bold attaching your name to these. We put Catfish Charlie in the air condition intake at DSU. Okay. Uh, how about the one, uh, hey, Dad, that says this one time at band camp? Yeah, it started off, I was like, okay, it's a joke. We and put Novocaine on a brass player's mouthpieces. <laughs> how, did, how did you get Novocaine? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'll just hand that out at the, at the Kroger, you know. Double up ketchup packets and put them under the commode seat. It was a blast when someone sat down, pun intended, says Herschel. Ah, uh, that's that fancy ketchup. 
Put a dead possum in a buddy's truck one morning before school in the middle of August. It was bad. That's just wrong. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with some of y'all? It's not nice. I had somebody that put a field-dressed deer in the back of my truck in the parking lot my freshman year. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Kool-Aid mix mm-hmm. in tennis shoes. Sweaty feet equals colorful feet. <laughs> Ah, mm. uh. subject. Oh yeah. Sardines, sardines in the air conditioner duct in our high school office. They had a different unit then than the rest of the school as a senior prank. The office stunk for a couple of months before they figured out the issue. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh. Oh me. Hmm. I heard of a senior class releasing three pigs inside the high school at night and numbering them one, two, and four. <laughs> one, two, and four. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Can you imagine? That's a good one. Can you imagine the panic? <laughs> Where's three? Where's three? Where's three? Every time you hear a snort, you're like, what is that? Gibbon Greenwood says, hey, Dad, our buddy battle-trapped a goat, yes, in a dorm room over the weekend. (laughs) I believe that, knowing what I know of our buddy battle. Mm. I have no trouble believing that story. All right. So for your college football fix today, Jackson Dart versus Will Rogers. Who you got? Who you got? Hey, Dad, set this set this up. We talked about this earlier today. So yeah. Set up the genesis of this question. So, and, and uh, it started from with me um, talking good about both of them on last night's Thunder and Lightning. I, I was talking about how I had had a couple of national guys on the podcast, and they were both higher on Will Rogers. Than I felt like even Mississippi State fans would tell you. There's a lot of state fans out there that, you know, are still slow to buy in on Will Rogers, especially in a new offense, and they, they love to throw that system quarterback label on him. And both these guys, it was Jacob Hester and Cole Kublick, were like, no, not at all. This guy's a competent, winning quarterback. And so I was talking about Rogers, and I started, I brought up Dart as well, and I was like, you know, also really good. And another guy who I think Ole Miss fans maybe don't appreciate as much as they should. I think Dart is an outstanding quarterback, one of the best in the SEC. I think Rodgers fits that label as well. And so, you know, you've got two really good quarterbacks here at your at your, you know, SEC schools in this state. And I think, you know, I think it's a good debate, you know, they're they're, they're both so different from each other. You know, this is this isn't, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of some, you know, somebody who had similarities, but yeah, you know, they're 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 really different players and what they bring to offenses and what they are yeah. and what they've done. So I thought it was an interesting debate. And to me, it's an interesting reminder that quarterback is not one size fits all, right? I mean, we we think, sure. of, oh, go go get the best quarterback out there, and and there's something to that, right? I mean, if if you can go get the number one player in the country, like Georgia did this week with the I, I can't remember his name. We we talked about him yesterday. Uh, the son of the former Nebraska defensive lineman or offensive lineman, Dominic Riola. The, yeah. the, the kid's name is Dylan. Yeah, so Dylan, Dylan Riola. Okay, you get the number one quarterback in the country. Yeah, sure. But 
if you think about plugging Jackson Dart into Mississippi State's offense when it was run by Mike Leach, I won't definitively say that Jackson Dart could not have excelled in that offense, but I don't think of his level of accuracy, at least at this point in his career, being the same as that of Will Rogers. But conversely, if you tried to plug Will Rogers into the offense that Lane Kiffin has run with Jackson Dart, I don't think that's a great fit either. It's not a, not a good fit because you don't have the running threat that you know he has shown that he kind of needs in that offense. You know. So yeah, you know, and 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 you know, I, I talked about the Egg Bowl in, all, last night as well. I was like, you know, you go back and you look at the Egg Bowl. Dart played great in that game, I thought, and I thought Rogers played maybe his worst game of the year, and especially in a game where State ran the ball really effectively, which was usually like a Hand and glove, right? State runs the ball well. Rodgers has a good game. That was the one time he didn't. He, he had some bad turnovers. He took bad sacks. He just looked out of it. And, of course, had the fumble that nearly cost State the game. Whereas with Dart, I've said this a few times, I think if you switch quarterbacks in that game, State ends up winning by like four touchdowns. That's how much better Dart was that night. But it, it, you know the running game just wasn't there for him. State did a great job defensively. But... Over the long haul, and and then the offenses are so different. And it's now this year they might be sort of similar, though. You know, I think there's a Barbe's offense is probably closer to what Kiffin's going to do than the air raid was for sure. And State's going to run the football more, but th- but then again, State has Mike Wright. So when they do want to run the quarterback, they have a running quarterback to do that. You know what I'm interested to see with Mike Wright is is that just like a goal line package where it's like it's okay that the other team knows what's coming because he's athletic enough and there are enough reads and enough options there that that can be effective versus do you run him out in the middle of the field and are you just telegraphing we are running the football with him when he comes in the game or we're doing read option with him or do you have to to show that he can throw it a little bit? And I, you know, he he's shown at Vanderbilt that he can throw it a little bit. So yeah, they're going to definitely they can't just do that. But that said, in goal line situations, not trying to compare the talent, but I mean, you knew when Tebow came in, that's mm-hmm. what was going to happen. You yeah. knew when Dak came in his freshman year, that's what was going to happen. But and then the you wrinkle, know, you the wrinkle with Tebow was the jump pass that we saw that time. The jump pass, exactly. So you got to you do have to be able to show that he can pass a little bit. But yes. I do think that it's going to be a situation where if you see Mike Wright come on the field, you know Mississippi State's about to run the football. Yeah. We got a question earlier, and forgive me for not remembering who it was, that just kind of asked you point blank, what do you think Mississippi State's offensive style is going to be? Real balance. You know, and again, I suggest you listen to tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast because we talk about this. And, you know, you look at last year with App State, they threw for about just shy of 3,000 yards, maybe right at 3,000, and rush for about 2,500 yards a season ago. And I would imagine those are going to be close to the number State's going to try to get to. That, you know, if, if Roger, uh, Bryce for App State threw for 2,950, he completed 63% of his passes. He was 27-6, to 6, touchdown interception. Those would be outstanding numbers for Will Rogers. He would, he would be the all-time leading passer in SEC history if that happened, and he would not have, you know, he would, I mean, those would be great numbers. I would feel really good about predicting State to win eight eight plus games with those kind of numbers. So I think State's going to be much more balanced, much more rotation in the running game than in the passing game. The passing game, you're going to have two or three leading receivers, and they're going to go from there. 
That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. More coming up with you after this. This show was previously recorded. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. The Atlanta Braves back from a road trip. They had three in Toronto and then three in Texas. Didn't go so well at the beginning of the road trip, but won two of their last three, five and five in their last ten games, but comfortably in first place in the division. Ben Ingram joins us right now. From the Atlanta Braves radio network. So Ben, we're at about the quarter pole of the uh, of the Major League Baseball season. What grade do you give the Braves so far this year? And by the way, thanks for joining us. Oh, you got it, man. I'm glad it worked out to come on. That's that's a really good question. I think if you're if you're grading all together, I mean the lineup is an A. I think what you've seen in the rotation when they're healthy is an A. Defensively has been really good. The bullpen to me would be the only thing that would knock that down. Uh, and, and it's really hard to give a grade less than an A when you have uh, a pretty comfortable lead in the East, so maybe A minus at this point. When you look at a ten-game homestand on the heels of uh, yeah, a week long or so road trip, you, you play six on the road, and I know that's not uncommon. But when you look at this stretch with ten at home against Seattle and Los Angeles, and then Philadelphia from the division, how do you how do you gauge the importance of a stretch like this when we're still in the month of May? I, I think the important thing is exactly what you mentioned: home game. Uh, you might look at an opponent, you'd say, "Well, it's a series against the Dodgers. It's a great time to see what they look like." Or it's a series against the Phillies, and that's a divisional rival. But I think if you're going to win your division, you've got to be good at home. This is a team that won 101 games last year, and they're great on home, at home and on the road. Um, I think regardless of opponent, you have to take care of business when you're playing in your ballpark. And we just saw how challenging it is to go on the road. The team's played really good ball on the road this year, but just saw two really good teams in Toronto and Texas and had a, uh, just two wins on the road trip. Um, so it's difficult to win when you go away, no matter who you're playing. So I think that's the most important thing. And this will be a really long stretch at home. This will be the longest home stretch of the year to this point. Um, I, I'm excited to see the Mariners. That's going to finish up a run of 14 straight games against American League teams, so a lot of interleague play here early on for the Braves. I think that the Dodgers, in, in spite of all the attention that San Diego got there in the offseason, to me the Dodgers are still the hmm. team to beat out West, so you'll see them. And then you bring in the reigning champions of the National League in the Phillies, and that's a team that just got Bryce Harper back, and they have very high expectations. So um, you got to take advantage of those home games, even if they're against really good opponents. Give us a little insight into the way that the, the schedule is built. Obviously, this is something that Major League Baseball does, not the teams uh, doing. Usually there's, what, a, a, a two-week homestand that's sprinkled in there somewhere. 
but you usually get one of those long road trips as well where you're you're gone for you know 10 to 15 days kind of depending on how it shakes out how, how does that work out how do they decide when you go on the road who goes on the road for for those long stretches that's a great question from what i understand it is a um, it's a computerized program. I don't know how they do this, but typically the schedule will come out around August of each year for the next year. So in other words, the schedule that we're in right now, it was put out in August of last year. And for the most part, you'll go a week home, a week uh, on the road. Now, you'll have some that are shorter, some that are longer. But I think for, for the most part, this is what we've experienced this season. We'll be gone for six, seven days, and then we'll be home for six, seven days. Uh, we have a very long homestand coming up. I know we have our, our longest road trip of the year is going to be in August, and that'll kind of balance out this homestand right now. We have a, a really weird road trip coming up in June where we're gone for three days. We'll go up to Detroit. We come right back. So it, it's very random. The thing that's even more random to me is, is the off days because one of the first things that we look at when it comes to uh, the schedule being released is when are our off days, uh, where are they, what cities are we going to be in. And uh, we just had a stretch where we went 17 consecutive days without an off day. We're currently in a stretch where we have three off days in 11 days. And I think everybody who travels, everybody in the traveling party would love to see those off days spread out a little bit more. I don't think we'll ever get that. Uh, you'll get them whenever you, you get them. You take them whenever you can take them, that's for sure. Um, but that seems to be the most random thing is when the off days actually fall and, and where you are. And do you travel on those off days? That's another big thing, too. Uh, no off day. Uh, you know, the off days aren't all created equally. Some are at home. Some are on the road. Some are travel days. It, it's very weird. So we got in, just to give you an idea, we got in from Texas last night. Last night was a, a night game in Texas, so a getaway mm-hmm. day. My head hit the pillow in Atlanta last night, or this morning, I should say, at 4.20 a.m. Eastern Ooh. time. Uh, so it, it's good to have an off day today and uh, right back at it tomorrow with a long homestand. All right, so I, I peeked ahead to that road trip you were talking about in August. Three games in Chicago, four games in Pittsburgh, four games in three days in New York against the Mets. So I guess there was a rainout that's mixed in there. There's not a single off day. I mean, that's three pretty good cities, but I don't know that you're going to get to enjoy any of them when you play from August 4th through August 12th or 13th straight through. Yeah, you get a stretch like that. You, you, you look at the cities and you think, oh, that's great, but it, <laughs> it, it, it ain't all roses, that's for sure. It's a, it's a lot of days where it's just hotel, ballpark, hotel, ballpark, and you don't have an opportunity to really go do much of anything outside of that. Uh, Chicago is a little bit different because you do play a lot of day games there. We have three day games there, but still you got to get up early the next day. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for, for staying out late and having a late dinner that evening. So that's just the way that it goes. Um, if you do get a chance to have an off day in a town that you like, you make the most of it. I know that we're all really excited about an off day that we have coming up in September where uh, there was a series in Philadelphia where an off day got switched from a Monday to a Thursday. So now we get the off day in Miami, and everybody loves an off day in Miami. It's one of the best places to have, places to have an off day. So everybody's excited about that. And uh, It's like Snit says all the time, though. When I ask him about tough stretches or days without off days or uh, double headers or something like that, he says, well, yeah, it's tough, but at the end of the day, this is what we all signed up for. And he's exactly right. Yep. Yep, it's uh, it's not all bad. Hey, I want to ask you about something that you uh, you do on Instagram. If you don't follow Ben on uh, on social media on Instagram, he's a good follow. You you should do that. Ballpark tours. You've been doing behind the scenes ballpark tours, kind of walking into the radio booth. 
Where'd you come up with that, and how has it been received? I think it's, first off, it's been something really fun to do. I really enjoyed doing it. I think back to when I was growing up and and always having an interest in broadcasting and wondering what it was like uh, going into different booths and things like that. And I always liked when I was watching a game on TV and they'd show inside the booth because that's a place where most people don't get a chance to see what it looks like. And I happened to do something similar to that last year when we were in San Diego, and a bunch of people shot me DMs and said, this is really cool, you should do this for every ballpark that you go to. And it hit me, and I thought, that's a great idea. Uh, because the, the thing is, access is, is great. I think people love being taken behind the curtain. You can flip on our broadcast, and you can hear me telling the score, what's happening on the field, but when you give a story of maybe something that a player told you or something that took place off the field, um, I, I realize that listeners enjoy that. I started to think, well, I could do the same thing with my social media where I could take uh, people who follow me to places that they don't normally get to see or normally get to experience. So anytime I give the opportunity or I get the opportunity to give our listeners or in this case viewers on social media a chance to go behind the curtain a little bit, I think that's always received really well. I think there's an element of mystery to uh, some of these ballparks when it comes to what it's like up in the press box or what it's like under the stadium or the tunnel to the dugout or uh, the clubhouses. Th- these are places that are off limits for, for virtually everybody. And I just happen mm-hmm. to have the the access to go into some of those places so as much as i can i want to take our uh viewers and our listeners behind the scenes a little bit and kind of pull the curtain back and i think people have enjoyed that and i really enjoyed bringing it to them all right forgive me for being a radio dork what's the uh what's the best radio booth in the big leagues not not your favorite park not best atmosphere just the best radio booth um I'll give you two or three that that are really, really comfortable. Number one, Miami is extremely comfortable. It's a huge booth with a really good vantage point. Uh, Arizona and Seattle are both outstanding vantage points. I'm I'm a big fan of the vantage point. We're in a day and age now where these newer ballparks, they're they're sending press boxes up towards the top of the stadium. And where the press boxes used to be, they're they're making money off of luxury suites. And I understand that. Uh, But I love a good low booth. San Francisco is a tight booth but a good vantage point. Uh, But at the end of the day, I'm all about the big, comfortable booth and one (laughs) with a good vantage point. Out of 30 teams, there might be... Uh, half a dozen to a third of those that really check both of those boxes. So I'd I feel like Seattle, Arizona, and, and Miami might be the top three. Does anybody actually have a bathroom in the radio booth? In the booth? Um, no, not that I know of. Now, there are a few mm. that will have them right outside of, of the booth. That's and here's a funny way. story about Dodger Stadium. If you go to Dodger Stadium in the press box, the, the bathroom is a pretty far way away. Well, for a while, that that wasn't going to sit well with Ben Scully. So there is a brew <laughs> closet right across the hall from the TV booth at Dodger Stadium where they put a urinal into the broom closet where he could just go across the hallway and quickly do what he needed to do and be back inside the booth rather than going to the other side of the press box. I always thought, always thought that was really cool and very convenient. Only for Vince Scully. Thanks, Ben That's Ingram. Right. It's always great to visit with you. Look forward to uh, catching up again soon. All right, man. Thank you. Ben Ingram, radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves on the Farm Bureau guest line. That's good stuff.
Ben Shapiro. Every day we're driving the debate in America with the fastest moving, hardest hitting, most comprehensive fact-based commentary on the radio. Ben Shapiro, tonight at 9 on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. All right, so we officially got the news that Tolu Smith is returning to Mississippi State basketball. We thought that was going to be the case for a week or so. We've kind of thought that was going to be the case since he declared that he was going to go through the draft process and get some feedback. It is now officially the case, and that's a big deal for... Chris Jans and Mississippi State basketball. Yeah, I mean, State is now the only team in the conference that will bring back all five starters. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when you bring back all five starters from a tournament team a season ago, mm-hmm. yeah. you've added a really good piece in the transfer portal in Andrew Taylor. You added one of the top junior college players in the country in Trey Fort. You added the number one player in Mississippi in Josh Hubbard. Fort and Hubbard and Taylor are three guys that can provide you with the one thing you were truly lacking a season ago, and that's outside scoring. Um, you return a couple of other key bench pieces. Will McNair did, in fact, go into the transfer portal today, as we all expected. We knew it was going to be either or with him and Tolu. This is a team that should start the season possibly ranked. They're definitely one, going to be one of the top five teams in the SEC, I would think. Um, and then it's just a question of you know how good can they be. Nobody, nobody will be taking them lightly this year. You know, this is a year where people will come in and expect Mississippi State to win basketball games, which is great. You know, it's been too long since they've had expectations over there. Um, first year of the the newly renovated hump, everything should be good to go in, in that in that re- remark. Never be ready on time. So, uh, yeah, I believe <laughs> somebody's been reading message boards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it should be it should be a uh, a fun season for for Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State basketball to get a player like that back uh, is, is is always a great thing, and uh, to overcome what apparently, if if you believe some Kentucky media members, was some out and out tampering by the University of Kentucky. Uh, yeah, good job by Mississippi State to get him back. What kind of tampering? What were they doing? I think they were reaching out. I mean, you've got. A Kentucky media member last night saying that Tolu returning to Mississippi State, that's a potential uh, transfer portal target for the, and he wasn't in the portal. He just came out and they just, they said the quiet part out loud that he was a potential target for them. How could he have been a potential target if he's not in the portal? So was that from KSR? Yes. Was it Matt Jones that said that or somebody else that worked It was for not. Him? Somebody else. Somebody else. I, I, okay. I, got, I, I, I quote tweeted him. Uh, where is he here? Great radio, I know. Uh, Brandon Ramsey is the guy's name. Never heard of him. 
Might not ever again. Covers con- yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not surprising, though. Not not surprising at all. And, of course, Kentucky would have plausible deniability. And they'd be like, oh, that's what a media guy said. Maybe that was his opinion. We're playing by the rules. Yeah. We know what the rules are. Come yeah, on. He used the word we. So Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. It does, you know, I, I don't know about this specific case, although I have a, a really strong guess. Everybody bemoans the existence of NIL. I mean, people with large platforms bemoan the idea of NIL. But think about what this does for somebody like, like Tolu. In years past, players like him have decided to go ahead and go pro. And a player like him at this current stage in, in his development, would have maybe gotten on a G League team, likely ended up overseas. Instead, he can stay in school under a good coach, hopefully start developing more of a mid and outside range game, I assume get a master's degree at this point, and still get paid. So he doesn't have to go move to Turkey to make money while still developing. So for all the negative and downside and stuff that that NIL has gotten reaction from people, stories like his are good for college sports. Him getting to stay in college and stay in school and still get paid and get a degree and develop his game while not having to move to a foreign country is a great thing for college sports. I mean, State has two examples of it, right? DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar. Neither one of those guys are in the NBA. They both probably would have benefited from another year at State. If nothing else, State would have benefited from another year. But you didn't have the Bulldog initiative then. Now yeah, you and, and, I mean, let's just be real. Tolu Smith's game doesn't fit the NBA. No, doesn't. Not, not doesn't. today's NBA. I mean, if we're just being honest, the, the style I hope of play. I hope that's a, a, something they, they talk about because I remember Lawrence Roberts, when he came back for his senior year, taking a lot of perimeter shots, taking outside mid-range jumpers, and that was not his game. Somebody's going to make sure to tell Tolu, hey, keep doing what you do. Don't don't try to show off for the NBA when that's not your game. Well, unless you promised him that you were going to try and utilize him in a way that would make him more attractive to the NBA in order to get him back. That, that's to me, seemed like a bad decision. Pudding. Yeah, I understand. I understand, but you know how these things work. So we'll uh, see. Do, but do. on the surface, Tolu Smith back to Mississippi State, really big deal. And... Are we actually trending toward basketball season being fun and engaging next year? This show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. Projections from D1 Baseball are out. We will take a look at those coming up in just a couple of minutes. Where is Southern Miss? We'll let you know shortly. But first, we tell you this is Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. A lot of cool stuff coming up at uh, Pearl River Resort. You can visit their website, pearlriverresort.com. 
click on the events page. And then under entertainment, you can see some of the things that are coming up soon that you want to uh, check out, you want to be a part of. You can even buy tickets for Sawyer Brown. He is coming up on Saturday, May 27th. Tickets available for the concert that will happen at the Silver Star Convention Center on sale now. Jeff Foxworthy is coming to Philadelphia on June 3rd. Also, center stage at Silver Star Convention Center. Tickets on sale. And Fluffy, Gabriella Iglesias, he's back on tour. He'll be at the Silver Star on July 1st. Tickets went on sale for that just a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And uh, they are available now. That's all for you at PearlRiverResort.com through the events page. Ceasefire text line is open. uh, Should I try to rebrand myself like that? You know, Fluffy just sounds better than his his name. Makes you think something. Should I try to go that route? I I don't know what I would be. You know, Puffy? What, 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 What could I be? Should I, I feel like any suggestions. I, yeah, I feel like any suggestions I make would be um, not necessarily kind, and so maybe I should sit this little activity out. Will's you, just chomping at the bit over there. He's like, "I got some ideas." Well, I have a few thoughts. I mean, he want me to pass them along. I mean, I don't know. Uh, of course, you've been losing a lot of weight recently, so some of these might not apply anymore. But uh, I don't yeah, know. You never know. Never know. Are we are we down a little more? Uh, I, I haven't I haven't weighed in a couple weeks, so I don't know. Okay. Are you doing it like that's good that you're not like a slave to the scale? That's part of the process. That's part of the process. Don't 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 look at the scale every day. And if you look at the scale and it's not what you want, don't get frustrated. Okay. So what are you hoping for the next benchmark to be? Uh, the next benchmark will be to get under three ten. Okay. So and 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 you've shed fifty at this point, correct? Fifty five. You've shed fifty five. All right. So getting under three ten will that get you to the the sixty shed mark? Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. This is this is the thing. It's like neither one of us can give each other a genuine compliment. We both think the other one is screwing with us. It's yeah, like, no. Like, yes, I, I understand like you're being. I understand that you are being genuine, and I am being genuine when I say thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's hard work, dude. I mean, <laughs> that's, I, but, that's, but, that's the sign of that's the sign of good friends. By the way, <laughs> when you think everything's a joke, when you're like, I, you know, man, I'm so happy for you. Ah, just stop messing with me. Yeah, that's 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 good friendship there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's cool. I'm, I'm like, it's yeah. really neat. And, and I said hard work, and I know it has been hard work, but more than anything for you, it's been discipline, right? Just sticking to the plan and continuing yes. to monitor yes. what you eat and yes. keep an eye on your calories and maybe Wait. exercise every so, great once in a while. I had a meeting today in Macon, and on the way back, well, I rode down there with, with somebody, and then we stopped at the Old Country Bakery in Brooksville, and I just walked oh, in, yeah. and there's this whole roll of all these donuts, and I was just like, oh, God. But I didn't have one. Good for did you. you. Just gotta, did you just kind of stand there and go... It smells yeah. so good in here. Yeah, I was like, 
Man, they had, they had a big thing of raspberry-filled donuts, one of my favorites. I was just like, oh, God. No, I can't. I shouldn't. And I didn't. I didn't. Good for you, because the list of names that I would have come up with before all of this, <laughs> you know, things like Fat Sajak or Blob or Blob Barker or Blob of the Hut or Chunky or Sir Eats a Lot or Fat Damon or, I don't know, just some of those I think would be, you know, Enormo the Clown, Enormo. You know, any variation of those I think would just be Mr. Big Pants, Mr. Big. You know, these would all be names that I would think that would, you know, I think they would – Branding-wise, I think they would be very well. I was me. thinking more along the lines of, of the way Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias does it, where he has his first name, his last name, and then quotes in the middle. Yeah. I'm always, like, you, you read an obituary, and you're like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm completely making up a name if this is a real name somewhere. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Frederick Bubba Smith. Hey, you know, we got to put Bubba in quotes. It's like, okay, this is what he was called, yeah. but it wasn't his actual name. So I didn't know if you were going to like, uh, just come up with something. I was okay put until you got to Enormo the Clown. <laughs> That's when I started to tear up a little bit. That's when, uh Does the uh-huh. ease with which those rolled off the tongue from Will bother you a little bit? Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty he big... He keeps a list of... I'm a pretty big guy, he so keeps I a list of names and me occasionally by the wife. <laughs> he, he keeps a, a list in his wallet for whatever he's ready to insult me. He's like, oh, let me just get this out. Hey, I... Uh, <laughs> I, I ordered a piece of exercise uh, equipment this week. Go I ahead. Did. Never done that before. You did. Uh, never bought yeah. a treadmill. Never bought a stationary bike. No, it's not a Peloton. Uh, mm-hmm. So I ordered a rowing machine, and okay. I've never done that before. So I'm like, on the rare occasion that I get into like, hey, I should try to kind of get in a little bit better shape or whatever. Usually at the encouragement of my wife, I'll do it for a very short time. Like a couple of weeks. I did the CrossFit mm-hmm. thing for like a month one time, and then I just stopped. Uh, the longest stretch I've ever had where I went to the gym, probably six months, and it was before we had kids, and Jane and I would go in the evenings, like most of the time. She still would go two or three times more than I went, but I would fairly regularly go and kind of got into a routine. It felt good and felt a little stronger or whatever. It, but it's just like going somewhere to go to. So I said, I've always kind of liked rowing, and I, I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. it. I was like, you. you know what? I'm just going to try it. They, they say it's like a total body workout. It's good for cardio. You can kind of strengthen your arms, shoulders, back, legs, everything at once. I'm like, I can make myself your core, row. Your core. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Whatever I can make is. myself row for 15 or 20 minutes a day, three, four, five times a week, whatever it is. I, it, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And so I looked at this thing and looked at it and looked at it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I ordered it, and then it's like, your order will be processed within one to three days. Once your order has been processed, we will begin to package it so that it can ship in three to five business days. Once it ships, it should take four to six business days. To get. I'm like, I'm not even going to want to do this anytime, anymore by the time it gets here. I ordered it two days ago. I got an email this morning that said it had shipped, and it would be here on Friday. So oh, there you go. we're going to hang in there. You should so have gotten a boat, and, and you could have rowed a little bit and then fished while you were in it. That's right up your alley. Yeah, I'm not a big angler. but uh, So, yeah, we'll see. Are you not? I thought you were big. I just thought you were an outdoorsman in general. Uh, I love being outside, but I'm not like, oh, I have to go fish or I have to go hunt. Okay. Well, Obi wants you. to fish more. I, I should 
do that more with <sighs> I, I still have not caught my breath from the list yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tap dancing for you, trying, yeah. to, trying to get you there. Most of the Man, uh, I am, I am out of breath. <laughs> Most of the exercise equipment I have, obviously, <laughs> you can see by me, turns into clotheslines, you know, where I hang clothes and eventually collects dust yeah. and eventually puts it on Facebook Marketplace. So I've got we a, have a treadmill machine. in my house, but my wife uses it. I do not. I've got a rowing machine. I don't think I've ever once used it. Somebody gave it to us, and it is literally, I put it in the house, and that's where it has sat for years and years and years, and will probably continue to sit. Somebody said rowing machines are awesome. They work everything. And you just got to make yourself get on it and do it every day, right? I feel like I can go, like, podcast or watch something on television, whatever. Uh, Somebody said, did I miss where the price of dumbbells skyrocketed? I bought two, and the total was $82. Yeah, man, I mean, even if you use cinder blocks, cinder blocks are more expensive than they used to be. And they're far more cumbersome than dumbbells. Worth the investment. <laughs> worth uh, worth the investment. Um, C Spire text line, that's where you can be part of the show, 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for wireless solutions, mm-hmm. fiber to the home, or business IT help, let C Spire help you. Learn more at cspire.com. Even those twelve ounce curls are more expensive these days. I mean, it's just you know, everything's yeah. more expensive. If Haydad got on a rowing machine, he would drop another fifty pounds quickly. Well, bad news. I'm not getting on a rowing machine. Yeah, my ancestors all all had to probably serve on the Roman galleys <laughs> at some point. I'm 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 out on that number. <laughs> Oh, me, David DeLucci on the Farm Bureau <laughs> guest line on the other side of this break. Um, we need to I ask can't wait to clip that out for tomorrow. I'm going to tweet nutmeg that names? out. Yeah, that's, that's happening. That that will be on uh, Twitter tomorrow, I promise. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll talk college baseball next. This show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. You it is Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky is out today. Brian Haydad, Will East is in for Borky. Let's go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. That's how we're going to start the five o'clock hour. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. He is covering in great detail a story that is happening in two conferences, frankly, on two sides of the, the continent. Uh, but there are some some similarities. Ross, always appreciate your time. Good catching up. This has got layers, right? The ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12. Is there anything new today? The, the reporting you've done has been really good. Thanks, man. Um, nothing, uh, nothing real new, no. Uh, the ACC uh, broke their meetings uh, earlier today, and uh, Commissioner Jim Phillips did – Talked to the media there in Amelia Island, uh, down on the coast of Jacksonville. 
about the meetings, kind of had a wrap-up. It's exactly what you would think uh, they said. They said, you know, uh, uh, everything's good. We're unified. We're, we're all together. Uh, we're we're going to make it uh, sort of thing. When in reality, right, they, they had a portion of the uh, – a portion of the – of the membership um, get together over the last few months and um, talk about, you know, dissolving the league or getting out of the grant of rights in some way. So it's definitely a, a sticky situation over there. As for the PAC 12, actually there was some news that came out yesterday on that. The PAC 12 presidents met Monday. There's no real resolution with the TV deal. In fact, the news that came out yesterday from, Ray Anderson, the Arizona State mm-hmm. Athletic Director, was not great. Uh, he said that a Pac-12 TV deal now looking more like August. Um, so it's um, probably not a good sign for the league's stability and the TV situation at all. All right, so let, let's start on the ACC side of things. Publicly, both collectively and individually, the ACC seems to be singing Kumbaya. But privately, based on your reporting and others, I mean, it's like there's infighting and, I, I mean, this idea that they're floating about tiered payments based on success on the field, did, did they watch the Big 12 and not see how <laughs> imbalanced league payments or payments to teams within the league will lead to the destruction of your conference? Yeah, it, it's... Um... The the thing is, is I think a, a vast majority, or maybe roughly half, of the league didn't want to do this. You know, they were pushing back, and they have the last few months on doing in an unequal merit based revenue distribution model. But when you have the powers in the conference, the big money makers and revenue generators, um, threatening to leave and challenge the grant of rights or to get a group of get together to dissolve the league, you kind of got to do something, I guess, is the feeling. And this, at least for now, may appease some of those schools, namely Clemson and Florida State. They've been the most public, but um, Miami is in that group, and probably North Carolina, too. They're probably the four most valuable uh, in the conference. Yeah. It will appease them for a little while. Um but you know, but it's not going to be a big enough amount of money to make up the difference, is it? Probably not. You know, right now you're looking at by 2026, 2027, the ACC schools will be bringing in around 20 to 30 million dollars less a year than those SEC and Big Ten schools. Um, so, and you're talking about this new revenue model. If a team in the ACC has the most success they could ever dream of uh, in the CFP and the basketball tournaments, uh, they may get, you know, seven, eight million dollars uh, additional. Uh, but it's probably on an average year going to be more like three, five million dollars, uh, I would guess. And you're talking about a 20 to 30 million dollar gap. So it's not much. Uh, it's a band aid, as I've been saying. It's kind of a band aid on a lost limb. Um, but that's. That's all they have right now, you know. Yeah. Um, they they have been working to create additional revenue. I know Jim Phillips has, has been trying to do that, um, to close that gap, but there's not a whole lot of options. So 
Is the nuclear option a group of seven teams league the league and therefore the league dissolves and therefore the grant of rights goes away? I mean, is that is that the reason that, you know, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Duke, et cetera, would accept these terms? Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know that, that group of seven that in, in you know to go back give more detail on this the, the group of seven which which are Clemson Florida State Miami North Carolina North Carolina State Virginia and Virginia Tech mm-hmm. they they've been meeting um, separately uh, with one another um, from separately from the rest with one another probably four five six times over the last I don't know six to eight months or so so this has been a long thing actually it's shocking it <laughs> took this long to to get out um, but. I don't think that seven uh, approached the conference or approached the other seven saying, hey, we're going to, you know, with a threat, hey, we're going to leave or else. I don't think they did that. Were they planning on doing that at some point? Maybe so. But it becoming public in my story Monday morning, right, um, kind of did it for them in a lot of ways. And, and, sure. and I think it expedited this revenue sharing uh, situation that, 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 you know, progressed this week. Uh, so I don't know that it was going to be a threat made to them at some point, maybe. Um, but certainly it being public, they probably, the other seven in Jim Phillips probably saw it as a threat and they saw it as a, uh, a, a uh, something they, you know, a trigger to, to get them moving on the uh, on the revenue sharing model, and I'm not saying the seven organization of seven is, you know, this coalition is completely dead. Uh, I'd be surprised. I think it's unlikely that it continues down the path that at some point it was, which was dissolving league and maybe getting out of the grant of rights and maybe starting your new another association or finding a home somewhere. But I know it's still very much alive. Is that individual schools believe? that they can um, get out of the grant of rights. And so if they have a home somewhere at some point, I think they'll take it and they'll take the risk. So so with their individual legal counsel, they do think they can get out? I believe so. Um, okay. Now, you know, you don't <laughs> – it's one thing to say that now when you don't have the invitation somewhere or you're not pushing the button to eject. When it comes time to push that button – it's a little more difficult because I can tell you back in February, the coalition of seven was getting fairly serious in talking about, you know, a dissolution option of the team. And guess what happened when things got serious? The conversation got to the presidential level and it was at least put on pause. So when it comes to the time we have to push that button, it gets a little more difficult. All right. So let's go back out west. Uh, you said Ray Anderson's comments. He's the athletics director at Arizona State. Looks like later in the summer before they get the, the TV deal. I feel like based on what we know from Brett Yormark, he's starting to push the, the Big 12 commissioners going, see, you, you're still not, you still don't have a deal. It's not going to be any good. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Those are the four that we've talked about. Come on, stop waiting. It appears as if. Ray Anderson's singing kumbaya for the the Pac-12 as well, or Pac-10 or whatever they are now. Arizona seems to have been content to wait. How much longer are they going to wait before they make a decision on what's best for them? Do they have to hurry? So that's the big yeah, that's the big question. These uh, you know, Brett Yormark, it's been pretty 
pretty uh, made made pretty public that he's been chasing these four corner schools they call them Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado from the Pac-12 to come into his league because he says his conference is more stable. It's got a TV deal done. Uh, you know, he claims it's going to be more than a Pac-12 deal. It's going to be better. So he's been trying to get them, and uh, I think there's some. I'd say namely maybe Colorado, maybe Arizona, that are probably people feel are more movable. Um, and there probably is some impatience seeping in. Uh, we're going to be, I think July or August is going to make a year that this has been going on, the Pac-12 trying to chase and finalize a new TV contract. So at one point, yeah, at what point, and that's a, a good question, is at what point the, the, the patience runs out and these schools decide to jump ship? Um, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, uh, and, and when you talk to people out west, like you said, even even at those schools, the Arizonas and Colorados, they'll still sing Kumbaya, right? They're they're publicly they're and even privately, some most of them are singing Kumbaya. So it's it's hard to tell um, when they're going to pull this trigger and jump, or if they're going to pull it and jump at all. Uh, but I can tell you. It not being done until now, you know, July and into August, maybe, is, is probably not a good sign for the Not basketball. a good sign. Hey, given the lack of baseball in the month of June, we're happy to have some uh, some good college football content to <laughs> talk about. Thanks for providing that, my friend. No problem. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. This show was previously recorded. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for being with us this afternoon. You can join the conversation on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. Check them out online at ceasefire.com slash business. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. So much happening as you uh, you get to uh, the summer months. Go to the events tab on the website pearlriverresorts.com and scroll down. Coming up this Saturday, May the 27th, Sawyer Brown live in concert at the Silver Star Convention Center. Tickets still available. You can buy them online at pearlriverresorts.com and uh, uh, Pearl River Resort. Dot com. Jeff Foxworthy, following Saturday, June 3rd at 8 o'clock. And then you've got uh, Fluffy Iglesias. Fluffy. That's coming up on July 1st. Hey, Dad, have you decided for sure if you're going to that? Uh, you going to see it? Fluffy? July 1st? July 1st. July 1st, is that what you said? Probably not. Okay. 
I think you would enjoy Fluffy. Wouldn't you? I probably would, yeah. I mean, he's a funny comedian. I've watched some of his shows on, on YouTube before. Well, if you wanted to watch him in person, you could do so at the Silver Star Convention Center on July 1st. And if you want to do that, you can as well. Tickets at PearlRiverResort.com. Let's college football fix it up. College Football Fix is driven by Ford. Whether you're looking for a truck, an SUV, or a uh, a car, or a crossover, they've got them for you at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. F-Series, number one selling trucks for 46 straight years. The Explorer, the Expedition, and of course the Ford Edge, all available at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. You can test drive one today. Anything else on the ACC situation, or just kind of let that be? I mean, just let it be. Well, we did get this message, and it's an interesting. It, it, we can move on from this uh, after this, but it's a uh, conundrum proposition. I don't know, but he said more success, more money. Weren't you just pro capitalism? Well, yes, I am, and I still am. I was just offering the perspectives of the lesser teams, but it depends on what you consider the product. What is the product? Is it Clemson football? Or is it ACC football? Because the New Orleans Saints are not the product. The NFL is the product. The Saints are part of that product, which is why they agreed to restrict their salary cap, for example. The NFL is the product. And they restrict every team's salary cap to try to make every team as competitive as humanly possible to have all 32 teams be good to make the most money. The NFL's the product. The Saints, the Dolphins, the Vikings, they're all just part of that piece. They're like characters on a TV show. On Ozark, it's Marty and Wendy. The Saints are Marty. The Bucks are Wendy. I don't know, but you get my point. So the ACC is now deciding that the ACC's not the product. Clemson's the product. And they're just benefiting from that. In the SEC, the league as a whole is their product. And they give everybody equal money because they want everybody to be good. Because Greg Sankey's not signing contracts for the benefit of Alabama, in theory. He's signing contracts for the benefit of all 14, soon-to-be 16 teams in his product. And, And in truth... Is this an? I'm, I'm not being flippant when I say, "Is it enough money?" But is it really enough money to potentially upset the dynamic of everybody is equal within the confines of your conference? Probably not. I mean, I know. Look, you go win a national championship in football, and you have a team that makes a Final Four run in basketball. I mean, we're talking somewhere between an additional five and ten million dollars for your success on the field that would go to that individual team. But how often do you see a program that goes to the national championship game in football and goes beyond the Sweet 16 in basketball in the same year? So maybe it spreads out a little bit, right? I mean, maybe. Maybe North Carolina makes a Final Four run and they get compensated a little bit more, and maybe Clemson gets into the playoff or Florida State gets into the playoff and they get compensated a little bit more. 
but I don't think it's going to be for any one school like it's going to completely tip the scales. I mean, this is designed theoretically for for Clemson and Florida State. What if they don't take advantage of it? What if it backfires like Haydad said earlier and Wake Forest gets the checks? I mean, they've got Steve Forbes as their basketball coach. He's doing a good job. What if they make a run in basketball? And what if Dave Clawson just keeps on winning in football? We're going to a 12-team playoff. Why not Wake Forest? They would have made it once in this era, right? Yeah. They would have. And so I just, I mean, is an extra couple of million here and an extra couple of million there? For programs who have athletics departments that are somewhere between what, sixty-five and one hundred and ten million, kind of across the ACC, North Carolina's might be a little bigger than that. Virginia's might be a little bit bigger. But I mean, Ole Miss and Mississippi State both have larger budgets than the overwhelming majority of the ACC. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe an extra five million makes all the difference in the world. Can buy you a lot of stuff. It can get two and a half. Buy, no, Ole Miss it can defensive buy us, coordinators. It can buy us a lot of stuff. Can it buy a lot of stuff in college athletics? Depends on what you're lacking. Yeah. I mean, the thing, or is it just to make a budget hole? Oh, maybe that. But, but Which maybe it, that's a big deal. Yeah. But I mean, my guess is Washington State could probably use an extra five million right now. Yeah. But, but Ole Miss doubled their recruiting budget, and it, it that didn't cost $5 million. It was less than that. But they literally doubled their recruiting budget. Yeah. Support staff has grown. Without, It's interesting, for sure. I, I'm just, if, if you're an Ole Miss or a State fan listening to this, be glad it's not happening to you, I think. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But to me, the bigger issue is the instability like, like you want to be happy where you are. People make fun of the SEC for chanting, hey, Dad, you even make fun of the SEC for SEC, SEC, SEC. But really, all 14 teams in the SEC are proud to be in the SEC. And I think that's part of what it is. It's not that you're cheering for Alabama. I don't know. We got a list. We've got a list. And this is a list that comes from someone who I think all three of us think does a pretty good job with his work. And that person is Bill Bender at the Sporting News. He has ranked the top 25 coaches in college football. I mean, that is the that is the creme de la creme of off-season content in college football. Top 25 coaches. We go on top to bottom or bottom to top? Borky, do you like this ranking list more than most? I do like it, although I think that the bottom of it will, in short order, be the top of it. There are there are some hangers on here that I think we give too much credit for. Okay, um, but anyway, we'll get into it. All right, the majority of this we'll get to after that. So let's start. Let's start at the top. You know the names that are going to be at the top: Nick Saban, one; Kirby Smart, two. Would you flip those? Had you made this list on your own? Uh, no. 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 I wouldn't. Not yet anyway, right? It's getting there. 
it's it's getting there. And if you want to say they're one A and one B, I'll give you that. But but when a guy's the greatest of all time and is what three years removed from a national championship, and he's got six of them, I I no, I'm not ready to bump Nick Saban yet. But Kirby's he's closing fast. If if you said which program would I rather have right now, I'd rather have Georgia Georgia's program than Alabama's program. But who's the best coach right now? It's still Nick Saban. At least for a little while longer. Debo Sweeney three. Begrudgingly, yes. Okay. I mean he's won yeah. double digit seasons for what, twelve yeah. years straight? And he's got two national championships two na- in the last decade. Two national titles, yeah. That's Can't that's good it. stuff. Jim Harbaugh at four. I'll let you think on that one during the break. We'll pick the list up here at number four with Jim Harbaugh when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Ben Shapiro. Every day we're driving the debate in America with the fastest moving, hardest hitting, most comprehensive fact-based commentary on the radio. Ben Shapiro, tonight at 9 on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. And it never ceases to amaze me, the things that that kind of grab our audience. Tim and Tupelo said, an old apple in a boat compartment is a real science experience. Speaking from experience there. I'm sorry, science experiment. Speaking from experiment. I can't talk. Can't talk. This is the worst Tuesday show we've ever had. Yeah, if you're you're new to the audience and you weren't here at 3 o'clock... Richard, welcome to you to the show on Tuesday. Welcome to you back to the show on Tuesday, on Tuesday. in our opening segment. And then his I was immediately I, no, no, hold on now. Hold on. Yes, I had the day wrong, but the welcome back was not wrong. Not, I don't mean like back from the previous segment. It was like, hey, everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi on this, I meant to say, Wednesday afternoon. And then the signal died altogether, and it was just left for you guys to say whatever you wanted to anyway. It was the most live radio start to the show ever. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few other... um, Tim and Tupelo says, eat an apple. That will fix your speech impediment. Richard? You won't have to go to a speech doctor. Perhaps. Keeps the doctor away. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's hard. As far as a snack goes and a healthy one, you cut up apples... And little caramel a, dip? Oh, no, peanut butter. Get a big old spoon of peanut butter, put it in the middle of a bowl, and then line that bowl with apples and just, yeah. It's hard to beat that. That's the, Sounds healthy. Why don't you go look and see what the actual serving size of peanut butter is. These well, days. after you've, like, that's <laughs> like, like a, a post. Teaspoon. It's like a post-exercise Oh, okay. Snack. If you're making the balance right. there. Do you guys eat peanut butter? A whole yeah. jar, like, every two weeks, yeah. Love it. Do you eat real peanut butter? Yes. Like, like no additives, no, no sugar, just ground up peanut butter, no. yeah. 
Or ground up peanuts. Whoa, 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 hold yes, on. Yes. Now, when I say, do you eat real peanut butter, I mean, do you eat Jif? No. Or, oh, so you do yes. the natural peanut butter. Yeah. Gross. Yes, I agree, gross. So so we're Jif, Peter Pan guys. Hey, Dad and I are. Uh, you, you're a Peter natural Pan. peanut butter guy. So you have the issue, Borky, of when the, the peanut butter jar sits in the cabinet and you take the lid off, it's like... It's runny on top, right? It's like an oil slick on that thing. Have you seen the life hack? No. Natural peanut butter. If you will put the jar in the cabinet upside down, when you take it out and you turn it right side up and you take the lid off, it's the perfect because you got all the all the liquids on the bottom. And you just scoop it just right out. It's the perfect life. amount of cream. Changed Borky's life. Oh man! Look at his, look at his face. He's and so I, happy right now. Hey, here, now you you may not try it if I tell you who I saw that from on Instagram. Oh, I don't care. Jordan Rogers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> One bad experience doesn't change uh, how useful that sounds. I still use the, uh, the the peanut butter knife that were that were given to us, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. When we were at the trademark, you and I, Richard, was off that day. And and a, a Mississippi peanut oh, farmer oh. walked by yes. and, and gave us some yes. some merch, and I still use that peanut butter knife, which is it's plastic, it's not a, a metal knife, but I still use that to this day. It's awesome; it yeah. actually works. We did get a big bunch of a peanut swag. I remember yeah. that. I, I stabbed yeah. the stress ball in my home office still. Yeah, it's it's in, it's in my um, it's my house. I, I know where it is. Hey, Lucas in Union has a question that you guys would be better suited to ask. Uh, answer than me. Do you guys know when football players in high school start getting stars? Is it going into their junior year after they go to camps? Nah. Is that when they start star ranking players? It's, er- it's earlier than that. That, that. There are star rankings for for twenty twenty six kids right now. Yeah, not all of them, uh, but yes, they not they start ranking the elite one. The yeah. ones that now that's being said, they do have to go to some of those events and those kind of camps so as people can see them. They're not just basic, you know. They're, they're, these these guys aren't canvassing the country trying to find the hidden gems. But if if you are an elite high school football player at, as a freshman, you will get a star ranking. Do they start with four and five stars for those guys, or do they have to work their way up? Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not probably not ranking a lot of twenty, a lot of freshmen and sophomore uh, three stars at this point. It's the top guys that are getting the, the star ratings right now. But, but you could conceivably, let, let's say you perform at a really high level as a sophomore, a 10th grader. You could yeah. debut in a star ranking as either a four-star or five-star player? You could. Absolutely. Okay. okay. There you go, Lucas. Hope that was the uh, answer that you were looking for. I didn't know the answer to that either. And Our they do change gurus had it. So if a player starts as like a two and then hits a growth spurt as – mid-teenagers tend to do. They can go up, and then other guys can fall back, too. Yeah. So it's not static. Well, we had an example with, with Perkins, so, with Centurion Perkins in our state th- this year, right? I mean, he was a four-star for yeah. most of the year and has just continued to perform at such a high level. Everybody's like, he's eventually going to get his fifth star, and he finally did. So the class of 25 is rated on 24-7 right now. 26 is not. But they are they are fully rated with five star, four star kids, uh, two hundred and forty seven of them, the top two four seven. 
That does it for us on this Wednesday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Coming up next, I know it's Wednesday because coming up next, Brian Haydad, Thunder and Lightning right here. Got the news. Good night. This show was previously recorded. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601 206 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.